0: On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 11:60 a.m. Great to have you along on this morning's Doug Wright Show at KSL News Radio. Well, we've got a lot of things that are unfolding today, and we want to bring you right up to date here on the program. So let's get to the big three issues that we've got. First of all, uh, soldiers returning from Afghanistan. Uh, to stand there on the tarmac at Hill Air Force Base. And watch those F-16s land. And then taxi over. And then to watch the canopy come up. To watch the the faces of the loved ones that are there waiting for their returning hero. It is one of the most touching things in, in the world. And our Mary Richards has been covering that. Years ago I had that opportunity uh, when I was an honorary commander at Hill Air Force Base to, to be out there. And it just... I, Anybody who isn't deeply touched by that event, boy, there's a there's a little lacking in the milk of uh, help, you know human kindness and the appreciation of what these men and women do. So we'll be talking with Mary Richards in just a moment. Bears ears, boy, we're all just keeping a uh, fingers crossed, hoping that at least this time round, Utahns have some say in a national monument. There are suggested expansions of a national park, setting aside lands, All kinds of things within the Public Lands Initiative. And, Bears Ears, where do we stand? We're going to find out with our 3rd District Congressman, Jason Chaffetz. He'll be joining us on the program today at 1050. And then your voice, your vote. We're going to take a look at the primary. And everything is focused down in Florida. I have a lot of people in Florida that, you know, work for me. (laughs) Okay. And uh, Hillary Clinton, of course, (laughs) <laughs> focused on uh, on Florida that's going to be a big issue. Now there of course you know there's no primary in Florida today, but the polls in Florida, that's what we're talking about. The primaries of course are in West Virginia and Nebraska. But Hillary Clinton too very focused on Florida. We
1: are moving closer to securing the Democratic Party nomination and winning this election in November. <laughs>
0: And I'll tell you, Bernie Sanders, he's hanging right in there. You know, I mentioned uh, Hill Air Force Base, and I've been very touched this morning listening to our Mary Richards reporting on what is uh, unfolding with these individuals who have been serving our country, have been deployed for about eight months. And Mary, maybe you could describe what you witnessed and what you saw this morning.
1: Doug, it really was just just a beautiful homecoming. Uh, All the emotions, all the feels, as they say, with tears and smiles and laughter and hugs and lots more tears as around 300 airmen from the 421st came off these buses from the plane that the families could see landing in the distance. And as they came off and streamed toward their families, it was just yeah. their faces as they looked through the crowd, scanning the crowd quickly, because there are hundreds, if not a thousand people here waiting inside this hangar, carrying signs, balloons, you know, saying I'll be wearing this, and and the, um, and finally, it feels like everybody's finally found their people now. I, I see them <laughs> slowly drifting back now into the hangar, and I think everybody's found somebody, which is good, and, and it's just a, a beautiful sight and emotional uh, emotional
0: reunion. When I was there several years ago, the uh, the uh, deployment, the the group was smaller and uh, as we watched those F16s land and then we were able to be there on the tarmac and watch them come out it, it is one of the most touching things honestly that i have ever seen i understand that today there was an airman who uh, had never seen the 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 child that was born while he was away
1: All right. that's right we uh, we and there might have even been more of those stories but we connected with a family who we noticed their baby had a sign on the stroller, "Get out of my way! I'm meeting Daddy today." And and he, he he had Skyped or Facetimed during the birth, but this was, of course, the first time he was able to hold her. And and as he came off and made a beeline for the family, and and baby's looking at him with big eyes, like I think I should know you. It was, just, <laughs> but he, but then they just hugged and kissed and. And big, big, big smile from that darling little baby. And now he says he's on diaper duty, Doug. He knows that he needs to take over.
0: (laughs) That's right. Got a little catching up to do. Is there anything else planned for today now that they have actually arrived, now that they are back and they've been reunited with families? Are there any events that are planned?
1: We were told they uh, they should have had their debriefings already. And most people we talked to said plans from now on just include kind of relaxing, getting to know each other again. It's been nearly eight months. And uh, I think they get um another a mother was telling us that her son gets the two-week break here pretty soon, and, and they'll just spend the time together, really, getting to know each other again.
0: I, I was reading some of the uh, facts and figures here on the 421st, and 2,800 sorties and uh, more than 10,000 hours in the skies and, you know, the uh, the munitions that were actually dropped. Boy, they, they have been busy. They
1: have. And, and the other interesting part of this is that this could be, may have been the last combat operation for the F-16 as Hill Air Force Base transitions to the F-35. And so that was an interesting thing to learn more about. That mission for these airmen and and these planes, these iconic uh, fighter jets that have been part of Hill and Utah's past and present.
0: When you think of uh, some of those uh, planes that were built in the in the 1980s, I think the one that I flew in was uh, 1986. I, I I can't remember, but of course, you know, dramatically, you know, upgraded all kinds of new technologies, new engines, all, all kinds of things. Of course, have made those still a very state of the art aircraft. But it is amazing how that uh, that uh, uh, weapon is is aging. F thirty five. Did any of them talk about the future of the F thirty five when you were chatting with the families? Are they excited about that?
1: It feels like they are, and, and they showed us some as we rode here on the shuttle, um, parked out here on the tarmac, a beautiful, amazing aircraft. Um, but most families, it really felt like as we started to try to talk about their mission or how, how was your service, they immediately would kind of transition back to talking about their family and that number sure. one priority for them. and. And just that the overwhelming feeling of being so happy to be reunited again.
0: Well, that's only natural. Mary, we have been touched by your reporting today. Thank you so much for joining us here at KSL. And by the way, at uh, kslnewsradio.com, we are streaming some images right now of the reunions that happened a little earlier. There's the, the little stroller with the, uh, with the baby and the little sign indicating uh, that uh, that baby's going to see Daddy. <laughs> A little sound of when people were being reunited today at Hill Air Force Base. Boy, an amazing thing. Mary, thank you so much for joining us here on today's Doug Wright Show at KSL News Radio. When we come back, we're going to be getting into some of the polling numbers, and boy, I'll tell you, for anybody, and let me let me tell you, I uh, have stopped making any predictions at all. Uh, uh, the predictions I made on the Republican side have been totally out there. Predictions that I made and things that I had anticipated on the Democratic side of the aisle, way out there. Here are, I'm going to give you some numbers coming up. I'll just kind of let it hang out there in the ether for a moment. I'm going to give you some numbers that indicate that uh, if you think Donald Trump doesn't have a chance of being the next president, stay tuned. Doug Wright. Covering Utah's biggest stories,
1: breaking Utah's biggest
0: stories on KSL News Radio. You know, I think a better uh, song to open this segment of the Doug Wright Show would be this one Almost Heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Every time I hear this song, I remember when I was at uh, KRSP. And we presented John Denver up at what then was the University of Utah Special Events Center. And at that time, he was best known for writing songs for Peter, Paul, and Mary. And this song had just barely hit the charts. And uh, I remember the floor was filled at the University of Utah Special Events Center, a little bit up into uh, into the bleachers, into the stands. But it was just a great, great concert with John Denver. Then the next year, wow. I mean, he was just on fire. And when he was back in town a year later, everything was sold out and things had changed dramatically. Another thing that I always remember about that particular song is Hot Rod Hundley used to tell me that every time that song is played in West Virginia, people stand like it's the national anthem. It, uh, in a very real way, is an anthem. Back in West Virginia, where today there is a primary underway, and many people are now assuming that Donald Trump is the presumptive uh, nominee, and he indeed is. But the question in both Nebraska and in West Virginia is, will people be casting some... uh, uh, maybe protest votes might be a way of putting it, because other people will still be on the ballot. We'll talk about that in just a second, but I promised that we would give you some brand new numbers. And we actually have these posted on our Doug Wright Show Facebook page, where we said, just in, interesting results from a new NBC News Survey Monkey poll. If the election were held, held today with Trump v. Sanders, get this, Sanders would win... 53% to Trump's 40%. If the presidential election were held today and it happened to be Hillary Clinton v Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton would win but at a much tighter margin. Almost within the margin of error, just slightly outside of the margin of error, 49% for Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump at 44. So the here here are the takeaways. Both of the Democratic candidates right now would beat Donald Trump. However, Bernie Sanders would not thrash him necessarily, but would beat him soundly over Hillary Clinton. It is absolutely amazing to see the strength of Bernie Sanders. Now, the way the Democrats do the delegates, the fact is Hillary's going to wrap this up here before too long. She won't do it today, probably not next week, but certainly by the uh, cluster of primaries that we have coming up at the beginning of June, she will most likely, almost almost without a doubt, statistically, statistically, Bernie Sanders still has the most outside long shot, Hail Mary, oh my goodness, shot at it. But the bottom line is Hillary Clinton will, barring an anomaly that is almost unimaginable, lock down the nomination. But the power of Bernie Sanders is absolutely amazing. Here are some other interesting statistics that are out there. If the 2016 presidential election were being held today with Republicans under 30, get this, Bernie Sanders would get about 30% of the vote. Donald Trump would get, oh, maybe around 65% of the vote. Among all Republicans... Bernie Sanders would get, oh, probably about 10 percent, while Donald Trump would get about 80 percent. Very interesting numbers that are uh, coming in right now. And they're, they're kind of all over the place. But the Quinnipiac numbers are very, very interesting as well. Wanted to share some of those. Sanders, uh, right now, is on somewhat of a roll, but in a Florida poll. This is why we were talking about Florida a little earlier. Hillary Clinton is essentially tied with Donald Trump 43% to 42%, according to Quinnipiac University's latest survey in Florida. Quinnipiac found the exact same results in its swing state poll of Pennsylvania and found Trump marginally ahead of Clinton in Ohio, where he leads 43% to 39%. Now, of course, in Florida the size of the state and the growing Hispanic population, Florida could be one of the most challenging states for Donald Trump. But uh, according to Quinnipiac, Clinton has her own problems. And guess where that problem is? It's with white male voters. Clinton's historic weakness is among white men. In Florida, she's getting just 25% from white men. Quinnipiac focuses on the three swing states because since 1960... No presidential candidate has won the White House without carrying two of the three. Florida with their 29 electoral college votes, that's the biggest prize, followed by Pennsylvania, 20 electoral, and Ohio with 18. Bernie Sanders isn't giving up. His supporters are likely to be encouraged by the poll results that show him doing slightly better than Hillary Clinton, edging Trump 44% to 42% in Florida, 43 to 41% in Ohio, and 47% to 41% in Pennsylvania. Interesting. Isn't it amazing that Bernie Sanders is just doing better overall when matched against Donald Trump? A poll last week from Republican leaning Associated Industries of Florida showed Clinton walloping Trump 49% to 36%. That poll used a little different technique, sampled about 604 likely voters. Quinnipiac sampled 1,051. Two months ago, the NBC Wall Street Journal poll by Marist had Clinton leading Trump by eight points in Florida, but a poll, t- poll taken just uh, days earlier by Survey USA showed Trump ahead by one point. Here's going. This is what's going to be the bottom line and what will determine who does well. If Hillary Clinton can get President Obama's coalition of minorities and young people to show up in Florida, she will likely win. If the presidential electorate resembles the wider and the older turnout of the midterm elections in Florida, when Republicans dominate, Trump is poised to be the first GOP presidential candidate to win the state since 2004. There are so many things. Remember how close the race was in Florida with all of the hanging chads and everything else that happened back in the year 2000? George W. Bush claimed to win in Florida with only 534 <laughs> 37, excuse me, 537 votes. By the way, this survey showed 57%. Now, this is going to be something that Mr. Trump needs to pay some attention to. 57% of Florida respondents believe illegal immigrants currently in the United States should be able to have a pathway to citizenship. That's 57%. 11% said that they should be allowed to stay but not become citizens. You add those two numbers up, and it's 68% who seem to have some sympathy for those who are in this country illegally. Only 25% of the general election sample said the undocumented immigrants should be required to leave the United States. And as far as building a great big old hairy wall, On the border with Mexico, it's evenly split in Florida. 48% in favor, 48% against. Very interesting numbers. All right, let's take a brief break here at the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we'll look a little bit more at what is unfolding in West Virginia and in Nebraska today. And what is London's new Muslim mayor? Yeah, newly elected mayor in London. uh, Apparently does not want to be an exception for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, when asked about, what about the new London mayor? Uh, he's Muslim, and you said that there would be a ban on all Muslims coming into this country until we can, quote, figure this thing out. Well, he said that there would be exceptions. Well, guess who doesn't want to be an exception? We'll talk about that coming up. The Doug Wright Show. Where Utah News breaks on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Interesting day. This is another um, series of primaries. It's kind of two and a half primaries. We have uh, West Virginia and then we have uh, Nebraska, which uh, <laughs> is going to be interesting to see how Democrats. Uh, fair in West Virginia and Republicans of course but also out in Nebraska especially considering that Ben Sass the senator we've quoted him a lot lately and he has just beaten you know been beating the tar out of Donald Trump I'm Ben Sass I'm a US senator from Nebraska and I'm not totally convinced that Donald Trump would be the best president in all of US history <laughs> That is probably the mildest statement I have ever heard from Ben Sasse when it comes to Donald Trump. So that makes Nebraska kind of interesting today because as far as Nebraska is concerned, yeah, Donald Trump is really the only person, quote-unquote, still in play, but there are other people still on the ballot. And here's something to watch for. Will there be any kind of a protest vote today? And since others are on the ballot, will people just go, hey, I can't vote for Trump? And they will vote for, for somebody else, like Cruz or Kasich. So West Virginia and uh, Nebraska both will have candidates that have dropped out, so the protest uh, vote. Nebraska especially will be an interesting test case. Not only because it's the home to Republican Senator Ben Sass, By the way, he won his Senate seat in 2014. 65% of the vote went for Senator Sass, But Trump has picked up the endorsement of the Nebraska governor, Pete Ricketts. He got that last week. But here's the rub on that. Apparently, the rest of Governor Ricketts' family is continuing to donate to anti-Trump efforts. So what will actually happen, and will there be a protest vote of sorts in Nebraska? We'll keep a, an eye on that. And I'll tell you what else is interesting. Ben Sass, as I mentioned, this is the mildest thing I've ever heard him say. I'm Ben Sass, I'm a U.S. senator from Nebraska, and I'm not totally convinced that Donald Trump would be the best president <laughs> in all of U.S. history. Yeah, he also said this. Do you think it's normal to brag about bagging married women? Because I don't know people who think that's normal. Sass has just gone off on on Donald Trump. It really has been uh, quite amazing. So what effect will that have? Uh, here's something else, too. Since we're talking West Virginia, when you think of West Virginia, what do you think of, along with, you know, <laughs> the famous song by John Denver? Don't you think of coal country? When you think of the big coal-producing states... In America, Pennsylvania comes to mind, West Virginia comes to mind, Utah comes to mind, Wyoming comes to mind. But really, I mean, if you think that coal is important here in the state of Utah, uh, we pale in comparison to West Virginia. And how will Hillary Clinton's coal comments hurt her? I mean, she said this in a March town hall on CNN, that her policies would, this is a quote, put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business. Well, uh, her critics on the left and on the right have seized on those remarks. Bernie Sanders has been campaigning throughout West Virginia on taking care of coal workers. Donald Trump keeps bringing up her remarks in rallies around the state. Is the damage done? She's done a little bit of a diabidiabidi and kind of backsliding on those comments, answering very emotional questions from voters as she campaigned through the mountain state, and uh, she's got the support of Joe Manchin, who is the Democratic senator in West Virginia, and. Together, they've been trying to take some of the sting out of her comments, but many think that the uh, damage has been done. Bernie Sanders. What about Sanders in West Virginia? Now, here's the cold, hard facts. Sanders really can't overtake Clinton for the nomination Uh, with the remaining pledge delegates. He would need superdelegates, and many of those superdelegates would have to switch their allegiance to him. But he can be... A um, a real pain for Hillary Clinton. This is extremely favorable territory for Bernie Sanders. And uh, this is a primary that allows unaffiliated voters to cast ballots in either contest, Republican or Democrat. And with Bernie Sanders, what helps him win? Young people and independent vote. And he's got both. Uh, Though Nebraska's results are non-binding, if the electorate resembles the pro-Sanders crowd in March, well, it'll be interesting. He really can continue to hold a lot of sway over the way the, the Democratic conversation goes in this country. And he could spend the next month delivering some really embarrassing losses to Hillary Clinton. To what end? A lot of people are beginning to ask at this point. Just a couple of quick notes, uh, finally, on the election today. Uh, Trump and women. Boy, this is a big, big issue. And many are looking now that he is the presumptive nominee. And unless you are doing a protest vote, there's really nobody else to vote for. What about the women out there? He has been viewed unfavorably by upwards of two-thirds of the women in general election polling, has done a little bit better with women in the Republican electorate. He won 47% of the women, for example, in the Indiana primary last week, but he won 59% of the men. Women have an issue with Donald Trump, and Democrats have been hammering Trump with his comments about women trying to continue to keep those unfavorable ratings high among this key voting demographic So without an alternative Republican in the race, what happens now when it comes to women in these two states could be somewhat telling. And here's the other thing. Uh, A little bit of a preview, perhaps. We're beginning to see now what could transpire in November, since most people pretty much have come to grips with the fact that Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee on the Republican side, and Hillary Clinton really, barring again something almost unimaginable, will be the candidate on the Democratic side of the aisle. And Republicans more and more are hoping that Donald Trump could put Rust Belt states like Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Michigan in play again for the Republican Party, where they have had real weakness in the past. Democrats, on the other hand, they're hoping that the rising demographic trends in Arizona and North Carolina and in Georgia, coupled with Trump's inflammatory statements about minorities and women— could give Democrats an edge in states where they have traditionally lost. So there's a lot at play today. I think we're beginning to see little foretellings of what uh, conventions will be like. We're hearing foretellings of perhaps what the general election will be looking like. And we will, uh, of course, have all the results from the states of West Virginia and Nebraska for you on tomorrow's Doug Wright Show. All right, bear's ears. We're going to talk about that later. With
1: Doug's analysis. We jump into Utah's new news,
0: and then the all-new JMac
1: News Show at twelve thirty on KSL News Radio. The breaking news keeps rolling when you're at work. Use the audio stream at KSL.com for Doug Wright
0: and KSL News Radio. Remember over in London? It wasn't all that long ago that we were talking about this.
1: And if uh, he met one or two of my constituents, then they may well tell him that he is a WASOK.
0: A wassock. We're talking about Donald Trump. And remember the petition that was being signed to keep him out of the United Kingdom? And remember we were all going, "Okay, wait a minute, what's a wazzock?" What wazzock, a stupid or annoying person, specifically an annoying know-it-all. <laughs> a stupid or annoying person. So, what did that member of parliament say again?
1: And if uh, he met one or two of my constituents, then they may well tell him that he is a mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, apparently the London Mayor, this is this is kind of cool for the first time in the history of jolly old London, they have a Muslim as mayor. My name is Sadiq Khan, and I'm the mayor of London. I think London's population is about 12% Muslim, if I remember correctly. And now some of Donald Trump's words are coming back to haunt him a little bit. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. Okay, well, many many people in this country, with uh, Donald Trump ascending to the heights that he has, we're wondering what the heck is going on as well. But uh, when it was pointed out to Donald J. Trump that London's new mayor, Sadiq Khan, is Muslim, he immediately said, well, there could be an exception to my call for a temporary ban on Muslims entering the United States. But then we see this headline. London Mayor Sadiq Khan tells Donald Trump he doesn't want to be an exception to the Muslim ban. And uh, the new mayor of London has said, you know what? If Donald Trump becomes the president... I will be stopped from going there by virtue of my faith, which means I can't engage with American mayors and swap ideas. He said if I plan to visit the United States, which I would like to do, I will do so before January, just in case Trump wins the presidential race.
1: And if uh, he met one or two of my constituents, then they may well tell him that he is a (laughs) wazzock.
0: A wazzock. What was that again? Wazzock. A stupid or annoying person, specifically an annoying know-it-all. <laughs> an annoying, what was that again at the end? Did you catch that, Andy? I'm not sure if I caught it. Here, listen closely. I'm trying to figure that out. What sock? A stupid or annoying person, specifically an annoying know-it-all. An annoying something ball. Not ball or something like that? It sounded like it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm know not f- teaching my kids that word. They'll use it on each other all the time. I go, you wasuck. Okay. Well, we do have some emergency traffic right now. Thus, Andy Farnsworth is or Andy Farnsworth is here in studio. What do you got, Andy? Well, Doug, I've been keeping an eye on the west side belt. We started off with a crash where somebody drove through the wall right at the 4700 South overpass over 2... Uh, over, I'm sorry, the 215 overpass over 4700 South. Those of us who are joining on the web stream, you can actually see now all the emergency vehicles on the scene. They've got the two right lane blocked for northbound traffic, and then... They've blocked off the entrance ramps for both directions onto northbound 215. At this point, uh, they're just trying to get uh, some of the injuries taken care of, but multiple lanes blocked, and you can't get on the freeway at
1: 215 and 47 South in Taylorsville. With 11 community clinics and 8 new urgent care locations,
0: they have your family's health covered. University of Utah Health uofuhealth.org. I'm Andy Farnsworth in the KSL Traffic Center. Okay. Uh, this is a headline that we caught. We actually talked about this on TV this morning. John Stewart, uh, we we used to have a lot of sound from John when he was still doing the Daily Show, and you know there were all kinds of funny uh, bits. But uh, nowadays it's a, it's a little more of a rarity. But uh, John Stewart was commenting on Donald Trump, and I thought we'd share that with you. I don't even know that Donald Trump is eligible to be president, and and that's not a birther thing. That's I don't know. Look, I'm not a constitutional scholar, so I can't necessarily say. But can you are you eligible to run if you are a man baby or a, uh, <laughs> uh, a a baby man? A, see.
1: I don't know what the look.
0: <laughs> what he was referring to is uh, he said he is a thin skinned hypocrite who ridicules political rivals and minorities but implodes when faced with even a minor slight. Uh, He was telling David Axelrod on the live taping of the Axe Files that uh, he has the physical countenance of a man and a baby's temperament. Uh, You know, it's interesting, though. he, He did not pull his punches when it comes to the Democrats either. And he said the door is open to a, like Donald Trump, Because the Democrats haven't done enough to show people that government can be effective for people, can be efficient for people. And if you can't do that, then you've lost the right to make that change. And someone's going to come in and demagogue you. He went on to say, why are we so good at campaigning and so bad at governance? And he specifically mentioned Hillary Clinton, too. He said that Hillary Clinton is a, quote, very bright woman without the courage of her convictions. And then he went on to say, that's not to say that she is not preferable to Donald Trump. And then he added, because at this point, I would vote for Mr. T over Donald Trump. I, how many times have I said this? I have never seen anything like this. What we have talked about that is unfolding today in Nebraska and unfolding today in West Virginia just continues the baffling election that we are engaged in right now for 2016. Now, coming up on Your Voice, Your Vote, we're going to walk you through some other aspects of the political campaign for 2016. And we're going to kick off with something, well, I don't know if it's lighthearted or not. Is it lighthearted when you have 10 celebrities who have said, you know, we always hear this, oh, if George W. Bush is elected, I'm going to move out of the country. If Barack Obama is elected, I'm going to move out of the country. Well, we have 10 celebrities and noted individuals who have stated that they would leave the United States of America under a Trump presidency. Who are they, and what are some of the things that they have said? That's coming up on Your Voice, Your Vote, all here at KSL News Radio. And uh, we'll also talk about some of Donald Trump's past when it comes to uh, being a playboy. Uh, is that going to come back to haunt him? Ben Sass has alluded to that, Ted Cruz has alluded to that, others have also mentioned Boy, you know we're we're going to have some real firsts now. Have we had playboys in the White House before? Of course we have, you know. But most people, you know, would immediately think of John F. Kennedy, for example. But nowhere near what Donald Trump has been bragging about for not years, but for decades. That's coming up next on Your Voice, Your Vote here on today's Doug Wright Show. I was t-